Hey, we are on our last episode for the Road to Destiny Joseph's story. Now, you know, I've told you it's been my thesis that Joseph had the dream, but he didn't have all of the details. And he really didn't have the full understanding of the dream either. I don't believe he knew that he would be taken to another land away from his family and being made second in command. The last we talked, um, the famine had reached the land of Canaan and Jacob had sent his sons to Egypt to buy grain. And they did, and they they met Joseph, but they didn't know that it was Joseph that they had met because this man was prestigious. You know, he was second in, in command and he had this authority about himself and they didn't know um, that it was Joseph, but Joseph knew it was them. And, you know, plus they probably didn't expect or anticipate that Joseph would be there. So upon his recognizing them, he had what I would call a little mini inquisition, if you will. And he questioned them about their family, just to get intel about how the father Jacob was doing, as well as his brother, Benjamin. And I'm sure it brought delight to Joseph's heart to hear them say that they were well, that they were alive. But Joseph, you know, he insisted on testing them. You know, he wanted to see where they were in their lives, I believe. What ended up happening is he sends them back to the land of Canaan with grain, I mean, with sufficient grain. And he gave them the uh, money that they brought to buy it back. He put it back in their sacks. And of course, when they reached their homes, they were really surprised that it was there. But the in exchange for them being able to go, they had to leave behind Simeon. And so Simeon was kept behind. And in order for Simeon to be released, they were going to have, these brothers were going to have to bring back Benjamin, you know, uh, Joseph wanted to lay his eyes on his brother, whom he hadn't seen in a long, long time. So today we're picking up in chapter 43, because now this, the famine has been going on for a couple of years, and Jacob's family is nearly out of grain. Now they got money, they got plenty of money, but they just don't have any place to get grain. They can't grow it for themselves because there is a severe famine. So in chapter 43, what we pick up is that the famine was so severe in the land. And when they had eaten all of the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. Now, Jacob knew what the brothers told him when they returned from the first journey, that they could not go back unless they brought Benjamin. Um, somehow, I think Jacob was hoping to overlook that little request, but Judah remembered and Judah spoke up. I'm in the third verse. He said to his dad, he says, the man warned us solemnly. That means he was serious. Joseph was serious and they called him the man. You know, we can look at that as someone who was in authority or who has authority or power over others. Y'all know who the man is. <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, the man warned us that you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. And if you will send your brother along 
And if you, they're talking to the dad, will send our brother along with us, then we'll go down and we'll buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down because the man said to us, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Now, these brothers took Joseph at his word. They believed what he said was true to the point that Judah is saying, look, dad, I'll go. I have no problem going. I want to eat too. However, I cannot go unless you give Benjamin to go with us. So look, look at this in verse number six. So here's here's Jacob. Jacob is talking to him. He says, why did you bring this trouble on me by telling the man you had another brother? You know, Jacob saw this as problematic. He was really saying to them, why did you open your big mouths? Why did you talk so much? Why did you divulge information that, you know, you didn't really need to divulge. I only sent you there to buy grain and you yapping about my family. Well, you know, that's the Denise Long interpretation of it. So when, when he says this to his sons, then they replied, the man, here again is that phrase, the man, it just shows that they don't know who he is, but they recognize his position, okay? That's what Joseph's dream was all about, was the positioning. He was going to be in a position higher than his brothers, and they were going to have to submit and surrender to him, but they couldn't see that. They didn't want to see that. He was their younger brother. You know, he was the 11th, was, I don't know what kid he was. I don't know if he was the 11th one or not, but he was the first kid kid born to the wife that Jacob really loved. So the man questioned us closely about ourselves and our family. This is what the brothers are saying to their father. He says, is your father still living? He asked us, do you have another brother? We simply answered his questions. How were we to know he would say, bring your brother down here? It's interesting though, right? They, I don't know if they question, you know, why he was asking those questions or how did he know so much? Even when you read the Bible, when uh, Joseph had them in his house seated at the table, he set them in the order of their birth. You know, I think they recognized it, but the Bible doesn't record any comments that they had to say about it. So, and then verse number eight, finally, you know, he, well, find Judah says to his dad, he says, you know, send the boy along with me. He's pleading with him. He's actually standing up and taking responsibility because, when Joseph was sold, he didn't stand up and take responsibility. Reuben stood up because Reuben didn't want him to kill him. But then, you know, here Judah and the others, they were bent on getting rid of him. Now Judah is taking a stand for his brother, Benjamin. Notice what he says. He says, send the boy along with me and we will go at once. This is verse eight. So that we and you and our children may live and not die. See, this is dire. You know, this this isn't a matter of pride. This isn't a matter of uh, you know, you holding on due to fear, you know, one way or the other, you got a choice. You know, you either going to let go and live, or are you going to hold on and die? <laughs> That's what Judah is kind of trying to say to his dad. 
So he says in verse number nine, this is Judah still talking. I myself will guarantee his safety. He said, you can put it on me, dad. I, I promise you, if you let him go with me, I'm going to bring him back. He says, you can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him uh, here before you, I will bear the blame before you all my life as it is. If we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. We sent, we standing up here doing all this talking. We could have been gone. We could have been back. You know, we could have <laughs> been eaten by now. That's what Judah was saying. So finally, Israel gives in and Israel lets them take Benjamin. But before Benjamin, you know, before they leave, Israel says, hey, listen, I want you to take some, some gifts, some of the best products of our land down to Egypt to the man as a gift. So he wants to give you, I think in a way he's trying to soften the man up. So the man will show a little bit of kindness, you know, when it comes to releasing Simeon as well as letting Benjamin return. So they took some things that probably were not uh, plentiful or much in Egypt. So they took some balm, some honey, some spices, some myrrh, sp uh, pistachio nuts, and some almonds. Then they took double the amount of silver with them because Jacob wanted them to return the silver that they had, you know, taken down the first time in addition to the silver that they were taking this time um, to pay for what they were getting. Because he says it could have just been a mistake. All right. Now, look, it doesn't matter. This speaks to integrity, y'all. It does not matter the state you are in or where you are. You know, integrity has its place, particularly for God's people. All right. I remember one time I was um, in the shoe store and this was many, many years ago. And I had a $50 gift card. And y'all know $50 back then went a long way <laughs> with some shoes. This was, this was many years ago. Um, so when I paid with the gift card, the cashier, you know, bless her heart, she wasn't very familiar with that process. So the shoes were, I don't know, they, they might've been $15, $20, but she handed me back $50 in cash. Now my friend with me, it, you know, she's, she's eager, you know, she's like, we can go get something to eat. I'm looking at the cashier and I'm saying, are you sure this is correct? I actually said that to her and she said, yeah. And I said, no, it's not. And I gave her back what she, uh, I gave her the money back and told her what she should really do. That's how it worked. My friend nudged me and called me a fool. She said, we could have gone out to eat. <laughs> she's right. And we might've done that right at another time. But listen, integrity is what counts. And so this is what Israel was trying to teach his children that, you know, we pay for um, what we're getting, you know, and then not only that, that you should be honest. So they did. They left and they went back to Egypt. And once they arrived there, I mean, they hurried down there and they, they presented themselves to Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin, you know, he had his steward take these men to his house. I bet Joseph was overjoyed. Now he wanted to prepare a feast for them and he wanted, you know, to sit down with them and talk to them. 
Now, the, the brothers were a little afraid. They, as a matter of fact, verse 18 says that they were frightened when they were taken to Joseph's house because they thought they were being held there because of the silver that had been put back in their sacks though, on their first journey, from their first journey. And they thought he wanted to attack them and overpower them and make them slaves and take their donkeys. Y'all telling you, have you ever been in a place sometimes where you just let your mind wander and your mind just takes you on all kind of uh, crazy roads, right? And you often think the worst. Well, this is what they were doing. Well, they had reason to think this way too. Anyway, Joseph Stewart tells them, you know, um, well, well, before Joseph Stewart tells them anything they go to Joseph Stewart and they ask him like why are we here you know we just we just came to buy food and um so they were telling them that the first time they came you know they stopped and they found their silver back in the bags well what ended up happening was the steward told them not to be afraid. Notice the steward said, your God, the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. And he says, I received your silver. You know, then he brought Simeon out to them. So I'm sure they were glad to see Simeon. I bet you Simeon was well taken care of too in that jail. And so the men, you know, were provided for, so were their uh, donkeys. And then Joseph came home. And when Joseph came home, y'all, I'm in verse 26, they presented to him the gifts that they had brought into his house. Now look, they bowed down before him to the ground. What did Joseph tell him? He said, I saw you bowing down to me, right? You know, to the stars. He didn't say it directly like that, but you remember the dream and they were opposed to it. But here they are. They are bowing down to him. So Joseph then asked them about the family again. He asked about the father and he asked if he was still living. Of course, they said, yes, he is alive and well. And they bowed low to pay him honor. So here again, they bowed. Okay. So the dream that God showed Joseph was true. It was true. Okay. Even though none of them had the details, they didn't know how any of this was going to play out. This did happen. So as he looked about and saw his brother, Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked them, say, hey, is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. So he was so moved at the sight of his brother that he had to leave the room so, so urgently because the tears were about to flow. He was so full of joy in seeing his brother, but he didn't want the others to see him cry. So he left the room. And he went uh, into his private room and he wept there. After he, you know, he cleaned himself and got himself under control, he told them to serve the food. Now the food was served and, you know, they were served in sections. The Egyptians ate by themselves, the brothers, and then Joseph, all right? So then let's look at this, okay? Because this is, this is int interesting. Again, he seats them in the order of their birth. And they looked at each other in astonishment. That's what the word says. Now look at Joseph. When he fed them, he fed them well. But Benjamin's portion was five times as much as anyone else's. So they feasted and drank freely with him. I wonder if these brothers um, had anything to say 
about Benjamin's portion and why was Benjamin's portion so big? Or were they just so elated and glad to be at this table eating this delicious food? So what we find again, we're gonna we're gonna go pretty fast because I don't want to keep this, keep you too long on this. But you know, Joseph again gives instructions to the steward of his house to fill the men's sack with as much food as they can carry and to put the silver in the mouth of his sack. And and they did. And then this time he told him to put his cup in it and he wanted it in the younger brother's sack. So, um, and that's what the servant did. Now, Joseph had told his servant that when they leave, you know, I want you to go after them and I want you to tell them, you know, like, why have you repaid good with evil? Is this how you do my master? You know, you took the cup that he drinks from and used this for divination. Is this, why have you done this wicked thing? And so, you know, the servant, he did that and he caught up to them. Now, first of all, I want you to know, I don't, I do not believe that Joseph used divination. I don't believe he used any sorcery. I just think that was something that he said to these people. Um, so that, I mean, said to the servant to take, to say to his brothers, because he was living in the land of Egypt. Now, when this servant caught up to them and he said the things that Joseph told him to say, of course they denied it because they could not believe that they would be accused of that. Because remember, they are honest men. That's what they say. And they were in this particular case. They had not taken anything. So they said, search us then and whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. So they lowered their sacks. Guess what? The cup was found in Benjamin's sack. And boy, did these brothers tear their clothes. I mean, they all loaded their donkeys and they returned to the city. They were upset that it would be found in Benjamin's sack. So we're in, we're in chapter 44, verse 14. Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in. And they threw themselves down to the ground before him. What? This is like the third or fourth time that they're bowing down. But this time they're bowing down, pleading to him. And Joseph says, what is this you have done? Don't you know that a man like me can find things out by divination? What can we say to my Lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my servant's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. But here Joseph says, Joseph says, uh-uh, no, far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you, y'all can go back to your father. You can go back in peace. But look at Judah. Judah is fighting for his brother. Y'all, he had wronged his brother and he knows it. But now something has brought about a change in him. I don't know if it was seeing his father suffer in misery for years because of what he and his brothers had done to Joseph. And not only what they had done, but because they lied to their father about it. Maybe they saw his misery and he couldn't stand or bear to see his father um, 
his father's heart fail rather if something happened to Benjamin. So look, Judah is fighting for Benjamin. He says, please, my Lord, let your servant speak a word to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. He says, my Lord, ask his servants, do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, we have an aged father and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead and he is the only one of his mother's sons left and his father loves him. Then you said, this is Judah y'all, to your servants, bring him down to me so I can see him for myself. And we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him what my Lord had said. Then our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us, we will go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. And then this is Judah, y'all. This is in verse 27 then the 44th chapter said, your servant, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me and I said, he has surely been torn to pieces and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too and harm comes to him, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in misery. So now if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the board's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. This is Judah pleading for the life of his brother, Benjamin before Joseph and he has no clue. Oh, I can imagine how the heart and mind of Joseph is turning. All right, let's get there. In verse 33, then he says, now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come upon my father. Y'all, this is where it gets really, really good. And here's the reconciliation in chapter 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself. Before all of his attendants, he cried out. He told everybody to leave the room. And when Everyone had gone and it was just Joseph and his brothers. He made himself known. He wept so loudly that all of Egypt heard him. Even Pharaoh's household heard about it. He said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they did Joseph wrong. Yet. Despite how they treated Joseph, Joseph did not return that favor. 
No, he didn't turn the evil that they had given him uh, to them. No. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he says, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now notice he didn't say slavery. He said Egypt. See, they didn't know what they were selling them into, but that's what happened. And now he says, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. <laughs> so look, 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 you got to read the, the rest of this. I cannot go through everything that's here with this reconciliation. The thing that I can tell you is that the reunion does take place. Joseph and his brothers, you know, they unite and then Jacob comes um, with all everything they have, all of the wives, the children, the servants, they come to Egypt because Jacob has sent for them and Pharaoh is supporting um, this um, reunion, if you will, and they're moving to Egypt. So Joseph had a dream, but he didn't have all of the details of that dream. But what he does tell us that this was God's doing. God put him in Egypt so that Israel would have deliverance. Sometimes we will go through things in life that, um, you know, they just don't make any sense to us, right? And it's for purpose. It's to help. And through the process, we are growing. Through the process, we are being pruned. Through the process, we're letting go of hurts and pains. If you're not, you should be, because that's what Joseph did. Somewhere along the process, he gave up the anger that he had towards his brothers. Somewhere along the process, he forgave them for the transaction that they took, the evil that they took towards him. Somewhere along the process, he matured, that he developed the gift that God had given him was in him. You hear what I'm saying? That proved to be an answer for a nation and nations because people were coming to Egypt, all right? People were coming to Egypt for um, their grain so that they can survive a very difficult period. So, you know, hey, I know you guys have a lot of dreams and thoughts and journeys, you know, and you may not understand them all, right? But just trust God and continue to be prayerful and to be, you know, upright, consistent and faithful, okay? So, Father, thank you so much for this journey with Joseph on the road to destiny with him. There are so many things that we can learn about Joseph and his family. There are so many. And I pray today, Father, that there are many who will go back to the in the book of Genesis and read and that you will open up and reveal unto them even more, Father, that they can share what ever information, wisdom that you make known, Father, to them. And then, Father, may we put into action what you have given us through your Holy Spirit and your word, that your light will be reflected through us, in us, Father, wherever we go. So we pray, Father, that your good will prevail always over evil. We thank you, Lord, in your son's name. All right.
This has been your daily dose. Hey, we've been on this road to destiny and it has been a very interesting journey. I pray you learned something. All right, remember, a daily dose of God's word is good for the soul. Be blessed. Thank you.